Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to SpinFL. What's up, y'all? Jonathan Rollins. Excuse me, Sarah. Two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. Glad to be here, man. It's me. It's you. <laughs> and the soundboard. <laughs> Yo, you Let's gotta come go. in sometime, man. I'm in charge of the soundboard today. We uh we're uh, we're doing this remotely again. I feel I, I my original plan was actually to come in today, but then fuck uh, that I, guy. <laughs> I remembered that I made a promise uh, to my kids. You know, it's Easter week, mm. right? Uh, my kids are out of school, as you know. Your kids yeah. are probably out of school too. Yeah. Um, well, Bash wanted to <clears throat> hang out today, so he's here. So if we get interrupted, yeah. it's his fault. But we're uh, we, it, we had some things that I needed to do from for saga but also we were gonna scoot into town and get some stuff uh with food i feel like it's been a while since we talked about food yeah man right um what do you think of uh, easter what do y'all eat y'all eat the uh traditional swedish holiday smorgasbord i don't <laughs> it, it, to, it to me the swedish easter table is uh very much reminiscent of the christmas table and and the midsummer Quite similar to the Midsummer Table. I'm sure there are plenty of Swedes out there who will go, no, wait a minute, bro, but we don't have that thing on. Or, like, it's I, always I no- still. It's always meatballs. It's always the little Prince quarter sausage, whatever. And it's, right. most of the time, there's the red cabbage. But there's no, I would imagine there's no Janssen's on the Easter Table. Am I oh, I don't know. That? I don't know, man. I feel like Janssen's That to me is favorites. probably the thing that doesn't, I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But we bring like you know. I've obviously brought a lot of American shit to our Swedish. You know, mm-hmm. like they didn't know shit about deviled eggs until I showed up. Really? Yeah, they didn't know nothing about deviled eggs. My wife's family rocks the deviled eggs, man. I mean, they don't do it right. No, you know what they do? They have boiled egg halves. But that's right. not deviled eggs. No. Like devil no, eggs. exactly. <laughs> you got to take out the shit and, and whip it mix with it the, up. Yeah, yeah. We can tell everybody not... real quick. You take some mayonnaise, some seasonings, and then the egg yolk, the boiled egg yolk, and you mix it yeah. up, and then you put it back in the uh, the egg white. Yeah, cut, cutting a boiled egg in half ain't a deviled egg. That's just, a, <laughs> that's just half an egg. That's half acid. <laughs> That's a half a boiled egg. That's, That's all that is. That's a half-ass devil egg, man. That's like a demon. That's like a demon egg. <laughs> you want to go all full devil. <laughs> no, fuck that. That's like a purgatory egg. <laughs> what y'all right? eating in purgatory? Half eggs. <laughs> yeah. It ain't heaven. It ain't hell. It's just somewhere, <laughs> it's just in, in, the somewhere in the middle. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, but I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to correct us and say that they know about deviled eggs. But I'm sure they do. I'm just saying that my pe- my wife's people didn't know shit about it, and I I busted it out, and it became an instant classic for them. Uh, another thing I introduced them to. Hold on, quick question, quick question. Um, yeah. Do you put Lowry's on your devil egg? Sprinkle a little Lowry's. No, I put uh, Old Bay. Oh, paprika. Oh, Old Bay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with Old Bay. <laughs> that was some respect right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> My mouth look watery. I'm watering at the mouth. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I introduced them to that they didn't know shit about was the Nilla Wafer Banana Pudding, oh. which is. Uh, Are y'all doing it this year? Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna we're going into town today to get to go to the American store to see if we can find some Nilla Wafers. Highly recommend to our listeners that do not know about the banana pudding. It's the bomb. It's the bomb with the yeah. oof, banana so slices, good. the pudding. The uh, the Nilla wafers, mm. Nilla wafers on top too. You know, it's uh, like a poor white um, or poor American version of a tiramisu. You know, <laughs> it's like trailer trash tiramisu, basically. <laughs> right? <laughs> trailer trash tiramisu. <laughs> That's the way I think of it. I mean, you know, instead of those beautiful lady fingers that kind of, you yeah. know, make up the crust, we use these like, you know, funky just, vanilla just, wafers. Yeah. <laughs> just vanilla cookies. <laughs> yeah. It's good as hell, though. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Damn. Now, yeah. I'm, now I'm hungry. You know what? Sandra wants to do a banana pudding, but just switch it out for strawberries. That could be good. With the vanilla wafers and then strawberries in it, and you know the same process of the the. Uh, well, my mom has the whole slow cook recipe. You know where you got to stand mm. there for, I don't know, mm. and make the the pudding. Mm, so maybe, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> my mom swears by that, man. Yeah, you know what? I I saw a recipe the other day that I want to try that I never even thought of: a Dr Pepper glazed ham. Oh, damn. Huh? That sounds that so sounds... American that it hurts my heart. <laughs> I know. My blood pressure went up hearing the title of that. <laughs> the other thing I thought about, too, was doing, you know, I had this beer can chicken when I was in um, oh, yeah. Barcelona a few months back, and that had it? to be one of the best things I ever ate. I, I was actually thinking wow. maybe that would, might try to do that. Or maybe I'll just fucking bust out with the lamb or I don't know. We'll see. Do you, um, growing up, did you have to go to church on Easter Sunday? Or you grew up in yes, a and I I have a sort of a I I, I don't have a very good um <clears throat> I've, I've, for a long time I've never really liked Easter mm-hmm. um because Easter one year actually landed on my birthday oh when damn. I was ten years old my tenth birthday it was the only time of year we had to go to church to Catholic church too. oh okay. Um, it's only an hour. Be glad. That I know, but I was so. Think about when you're 10 years old. It's your fucking day. You're ready to. <laughs> uh-huh. you're ready That's Jesus' to go. day. That's Jesus' day now. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, your day is Jesus' day. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because it lands on a different Sunday all the time. Yeah. So it's like, why, why can't you just pick a fucking Sunday and that's always Easter? Why the fuck did you land on my birthday? You know what I mean? Yeah. It has then, something to do with the moon. 
I don't know it, with like why it doesn't land on the same Sunday, which is fucking dumb. Just pick a Sunday. You know what I mean? <laughs> then, then it could be ruining the same person's birthday every year. Well, that's their problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> this was my birthday, and I was ten, and I was fucking pissed, and because uh, I had to get dressed, and I had these oh, shoes that I yeah. hated wearing that my mom would always make me wear, and it would turn my socks a weird color. I hated it. And and the church shoes, you don't wear them often. So so you never break them in. Yeah, you never break them in. And then you have to have these tight-ass shoes on, hurting the side of your mm. foot. I remember mm-hmm. that. And then my mom wouldn't want to go buy a new pair when it's time. So you got them, all, you got them for too long. Hmm. Then she buys the next pair really big to make sure yeah. that you... Yeah, so exactly. That, so you got these big-ass boats on your feet. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're going to church and flip-flops. It's like, fuck it. No, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we went to church in uh, some slacks. Tight ass shoes and a rayon shirt. <laughs> that was, that was a <laughs> rayon shirt. <laughs> you know I have me some rayon shirts too. That's funny. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. Well, um, I don't know how to transition into uh, Dwayne Haskins without being crass. So right. I, I decided to keep that joke I was going to say inside. inside. Nice. And uh, we could talk about the passing <laughs> of an uh, NFL player. It's uh, very sad. Yeah, only 24 years old, um, hit by a motherfucking dump truck. Mm. I mean. So many questions, man. It's crazy, bro. Uh, I was thinking we start with the official statement from the police. It says, um, quote, Mr. Haskins was walking on a limited access facility for unknown reasons. He was attempting to cross the westbound lanes of Interstate 595. That's outside of Fort Lauderdale. Yep. Uh, it's near the Dolphins was... facility, actually. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he was uh, attempting to cross westbound lanes of Interstate 595 when there was oncoming traffic. Unfortunately, he collided with an oncoming <sighs> dump truck. He collided? Um, Why would they say that? I, I feel like that's a weird choice of words. It's yeah. like, I think they're trying to put it Sound that way. So it, Like, there was... Like somehow there was a, like there was an even chance yeah. there. Like, yeah. no, nah, bro, you dump truck versus human. It's over. A dump truck collides with a human. A human does not. Yeah, a it's dump a truck weird choice of words. like runs over a human. You know what I mean? Like, correct. It's not a collision. The unconfirmed rumor is that he ran out of gas on his way to the airport and got out of the car. Oh, that is near the airport. Uh, yeah. So I, but okay. that, that's sort of that's the rumor at the moment. I was assuming uh, alcohol was involved, right? And then I thought about where he was at because it's like all highway there, over there. Yeah. There's like so many highways that converge over there because you got it's you go where the, the five ninety five converges with I ninety five. Yeah, it's insane. All of those, yeah. uh, it's like a really big intersection of highways. Yeah. And I was like, if he's running across that, I'm guessing he was drunk. It was the first thing I thought. And then, sure. uh, but running out of gas at the airport, on the way to the airport makes sense too. because. And also, we don't know where he went. Like, could he have broken? Like, was he in the far left lane when he broke down? You know what I mean? So he was running. Uh, yeah, you got to get away from your car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we don't really know exactly what happened yet, but. I thought I'd sort of give a little bit of a breakdown of who Haskins was. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> star quarterback for Ohio State Buckeyes. 
Sophomore season, 2018, Haskins had a 70% completion rating. Damn. Threw for 4,831 yards and 50 touchdowns over the course of 14 games, which was number one amongst all quarterbacks in the NCAA that year. Damn! He won the Big Ten Conference Championship and the Rose Bowl in 2018, finishing, I think Ohio State finished third in the nation. Yeah, that, that was the, the first playoff or something like that, early playoffs. Yeah, and he did all that with Urban Meyer as his coach. So that's, you know, <laughs> keep that in mind. Um, all that success, uh, he decided to leave, you know, his sophomore year. He got Makes drafted yeah. 15th overall by the Washington then called Redskins. He was cut in the middle of the second season for reasons that we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually got picked up by the Steelers. But with, you know, big rapey Roethlisberger still there, Haskins played back up along with Mason Rudolph. Um, <clears throat> according to coach Mike Tomlin, this year Haskins had a second chance at his fingertips being told that the starting QB role would be a competition between Haskins, Rudolph, and uh, – Trubisky. Mitch and Mitch Trubisky. Sadly, that opportunity That's a ended. bold statement. Yeah. Sadly, that opportunity ended suddenly and violently on Highway 595 yeah. outside of Fort Lauderdale. Um, I, You know, it's tragic, plain and simple. Not everyone handled the news with the same level of respect. Um, Gil Brandt, the pioneering Dallas Cowboys Hall of Fame scout, best known for helping to construct the franchise's first two Super Bowl teams, used an appearance on NFL's Sirius uh, XM channel um, to kind of make cracks at Haskins' decision-making and and the manner of his death. Uh, Here's the quotes. Yeah, it was really kind of like he said, you know, Okay, here's the, here's what he said. He said, Dwayne Haskins, he was a guy that was living to be dead. It was always something with Haskins. Um, maybe if he had stayed in school a year, he wouldn't do silly things like jogging on the highway. Oh, come on. I mean, this is like these statements are being made at a time. Not only I mean, Haskins body is still probably warm. Yeah. And and might not even be all in one piece scattered across the highway. And this guy's out here acting like, you know, he got hit by a dump truck because Haskins was just some knucklehead jogging around in the right. middle of the freeway. You know what I mean? Um, he, of course, apologized after everybody jumped down his throat. This, he said, this morning while learning of Dwayne Haskins passing, I reacted carelessly and insensitively on a radio interview. I want to apologize to Mr. Haskins' family and anyone who heard my poor choice of words. I truly apologize. My heart goes out to his family at this difficult time. Um, and then into the fray jumps Adam Schefter, who apparently, you know, in an effort to, you know, he's one of these guys who always wants to tweet first. And so he did that. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's always trying to break stuff. Yeah. And in his tweet, he said, I don't remember the whole tweet, but it's something about struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh and the, you know, saying that he died after, before, after struggling to catch on, you know what I mean? Like, so just, yeah. Um, I can't find it. Must've scrubbed it. I can't find it. I'm looking for it. He did. And then he obviously, he deleted the tweet as he does. And then he came out with a new one that said, 
you know, which is such an example of like, why is this so hard? Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before becoming Washington's first round pick and playing in Pittsburgh, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. Per his agent, Cedric Saunders, Haskins would have turned 25 years old on May 3rd. Mm. Here's the thing. Both Schefter and Brandt were not factually wrong, right? Haskins, mm. he left college early. Yeah. Left after his sophomore year, which is fairly unusual. Yeah, um, early, pretty early, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he did struggle to succeed in the NFL, and it does appear to be in part to some questionable um, behavior. Um, Probably I mean, the whole immaturity, got, you would say, immaturity. Sure. The reason why he got cut from the Washington uh, football team in the first place was because he was photographed maskless right, at, a club, at, the height yeah. of, at the height of the early days of the pandemic. He was at a strip club with Back his wife. Back when the NFL cared. Back when the NFL gave a shit about COVID, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, this to me, you know, I guess you could argue that Washington didn't have to cut him, but I understand why they did. For me, this is the kind of stuff that a college athletes get away with when they're in college, but it doesn't play out very well when you're in the NFL spotlight. Yeah. Um, a great player in college can quickly be forced to reckon with the level of their greatness when they make it to the NFL. It happens to a lot of guys. Tebow. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And when you play for a school like Ohio state or Alabama or Georgia, you might play two, maybe maximum three truly competitive regular season games a year. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the, the players who appear to take their own success for granted, they get sorted out fairly quickly when they get, yeah. to the NFL. Um, you could probably make this argument that Haskins was one of those types of guys. Now, that being said, and I've said this a number of times on this podcast, I just don't think it's all that hard to not be a dick. Yeah. Right? A, yeah. we don't know the full story yet. B, the dude has family, close friends, former and current teammates, teammates mourning yeah. the loss of an individual who like really mattered to them. Oh. Right. Accentuating the positive moments of his career. I mean, that's like the least you could do in the midst of such a sudden and horrific type of tragedy. Right. Yeah. Acknowledge, I, I just the, acknowledge how sad it is and just wait, wait a bit. Yeah. What's so hard. I mean, that's the chef. problem is he's always trying to be first mm. and, uh, and I don't know, man. People need to take a beat and realize that as humans are talking about, even if it's a contract that we're talking about, it's still mm. it's a human. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But this was even more sensitive because it's, a life was lost. And I don't know. They're worrying about being first. It's really. Disgusting. I saw a really cool article this morning, actually, uh, about this this guy who was writing about how Haskins used to go to local uh, elementary schools and read story like he would he would make regular appearances at this elementary school uh, in Pittsburgh um, and and read children's books to the to the kids and stuff and and the kids loved him and and the guy who was writing this article was like they didn't care that he was Pittsburgh's backup quarterback exactly all they all they cared about was the fact that he was a Pittsburgh Steeler and he came to see them like nobody fucking cares. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I just thought it was kind of important to highlight 
the humanity of it all. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I'm, I'm in a phase in my life where I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to do everything that I can to sort of, um, I just feel like we need to make being a dick, like we need to make that no longer fashionable. I feel like, it, you know, for about a decade now, it's been kind of fashionable to be a dick. Uh, you know, to sort of the hot takes and let's bury that guy and let's yeah. do that. You know, fuck that man. Like I'm so sick. Well, we've never shit. been about it here as NFL though. No, no. But um, only if you deserve it, really. I mean, oh, we you know, call we, out dicks. Sure, but us we, being, being dicks isn't a part of our thing, or arguing for the sake of arguing, which seems to also be a thing that needs to stop. That is prevalent in the sports reporting community. Yeah, this is very much why I kind of stepped away from social media because it's just like. But TikTok is fun. <laughs> I can't no, see I you on TikTok. I got time for this shit. <laughs> Apparently, I'm on TikTok. Like, there's TikTok videos of me ticking and from, talking from different shows. <laughs> like, somebody has like included like from images from shows that I've done before. I didn't know. As a kid, that I know who showed it to me. Oh wow! I was like, You're on TikTok. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm Where's my residual uh, check, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on there uh, on purpose, though. I'm trying to. Mm. I'm trying to get up. I'm trying to get out there and. And be funny in every way possible. Nice. That's different. Mm. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, follow me on TikTok. It's uh, John. Th- no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. But RIP to uh, Dwayne Haskins and uh, yeah. and uh, my condolences to his family and friends. <clears throat> and Agreed. teammates and everybody. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, moving on to some news, uh, the Bills extended Stefan Diggs's contract. Mm. Um, he had That's... two years remaining on, on this five-year deal. They, they, you know what this is? These smart teams are. They know that this gambling and stuff is coming into the league. Money's mm. about to. These salary caps are about to balloon soon because the NFL is making moves. And these teams are the these smart teams are signing the great players, yep, and then pushing that money back a little bit, and they're still going to have room to play when the salary <clears throat> cap balloons even more. So you I, got I, you got I, a guy you believe in, you do what you're doing with uh, Stephon Diggs and and Josh Allen and the Bills are man. I, I think that they certainly hope that that's that's what's going to happen, and I agree with you; it probably will. Um, but there is an element of a lot of the teams are probably feeling like their hands are being forced a little bit because the, the wide receiver market oh yeah has gone a Bananas. bit haywire. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying that it has more to do with the, the Jaguars deal with Christian Kirk, you know? Oh yeah. He Cause out, he was he like went, a mid tier. <clears throat> He, yeah. You know, he's he's like wide receiver number three for the Cardinals, and then the Jags offer him like an $85 million contract, and suddenly, you know, you got receivers like Devonta Adams and Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs going, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. If that motherfucker's getting paid $85 million, then what y'all going to pay me? Wow. Because – it's ter- You know what's happening? The, the NFL is finally turning into a players league gradually. That's true. Actually. Against That's the will – against the will of the league. Because they want to be the shield, but now, man, especially with social media, as you mentioned, social media, TikTok, and all of that, 
players yeah. like Juju going out there and, and Odell Beckham, all of these big personalities that people are buying their jerseys wanting to see them, then mm. that's going to start being their money makers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that's where we're going, man. Players League, and they're going to start doing LeBrons and bringing players <laughs> over to the team and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. D- Diggs, Diggs had two years remaining on a five-year, $72 million contract, but... Um, now let's see. Diggs agreed to a four-year, hundred and four million dollar extension, seventy million guaranteed. Um, adding those four years to the two years that were left on the old deal, Diggs is now under contract for the Bills for the next six seasons. Um, How much guaranteed? Seventy million guaranteed. Damn. Mm. I need that Kevin Hart. Damn. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I was so mean too. Now you want to disrespect John Cheadle like that, man? John Cheadle is one of my favorites. Like I, I, I was definitely on Team Cheadle on that one. I was like, "Fuck that!" Kevin that was Hart, a sketch, man. though. They did it on purpose. Did they really? Because it didn't yeah. seem. Don okay. Cheadle's just a great actor. <laughs> See, there example again. He's the, he he tricked yeah. me. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking love. I met Don Cheadle, and I was like one of the few times in my life I was like genuinely starstruck. Really, uh, the celebrities used to come into the. I worked at this cafe in, in Venice Beach, and we used to get the odd celebrity coming in here and there from time to time. But the only one that ever, like, I ever felt compelled to like be like, look, I just have to say, you're like the best. Yeah, uh, it was him. I was so. I was starstruck. I think he's the shit. How how was he in person? He was so fucking nice. He was so nice. He was such a cool dude. He's a good follow on Twitter too, man. He was he was so cool. Um, yeah. Nice. That's good to Mm -hmm. hear, man. I don't wonder. It would suck to find out (laughs) Don Cheadle's a dick. You know. Yeah. Most of the celebrities that I met that were dicks, like I wasn't that surprised. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I met James Caan. Oh. Surprise, surprise. He's a dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's when you realize, it's like, oh, you always uh, get cast to play a dick because you are a dick. It's easy. It's easy. It's <clears throat> sort of like when we found out about Kevin Spacey. It was like, that's why he's so good uh, at being this, like, shady, yeah. yucky, icky, disgusting and then And then on top of that, when he does get called out, he just... Basically blames it on homosexuality. And, and the, doubles the, down on it. it just <laughs> gro- fucking grossest thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> to just dump it on the gay community. Like, well, you know you know how we are. What yeah. the fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey. This conversation Ugh. went off the rails. I yeah, love man. It. Uh, what else happened? Ravens re-signed Calais Campbell to a two-year deal. Nice. Didn't he go to the U? I think he might have. I mean, I'm pretending I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think he may have. That's good, man. It reminds good me, I haven't him. even mentioned my bulldogs this whole episode yet. Or no, I did. I mentioned them early. Uh, <laughs> yeah, six year, six million dollar guarantee per year. Um, yeah, 
Good. He's got some incentives built in there, obviously. He's a beast. He, I, You're not going to let him go. I think the Ravens are um, – Mm-hmm. I th- I'm picking the Ravens to be my comeback team of the year. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the Ravens are going to be good this year. Yeah, man. Yes. Think about all the injuries they had last year. And yep. They got all these good players, and you got Lamar Jackson out here trying to prove that he's worth the bag, and he's he's playing his cards in a different way. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be. They should pick up a good running back at some point in the draft. Because I feel like if they could get a – well, they needed some receivers too. They got Huntley as a backup too. Might be the best backup in the league. Uh-huh. Besides uh, the Red Rifle. Better than Gardner Minshew? <laughs> hey, he doesn't even take a number two. <laughs> That's right. He's still out there fucking <laughs> pitching his butt cheeks, refusing to take a shit. <clears throat> what oh is my going God. On? Speaking of backups. Uh, Cam Newton is out here fucking making some crazy ass statements. <laughs> Cam Newton. Unbelievable. The shit that this guy said, uh, we posted this uh, on the, you know, what I, I, I saw it. I posted it on the Facebook group and like literally 30 seconds after I posted it, you texted it to me like, bro, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Man. Does he not get the memo? Like, and it's not like this is the first time he's done this. You remember the time that he he did that really like kind of gross, kind of condescend. Like he had a there was oh a female the female reporter reporter who was asking him about his relationship with one of his I forget which one. He was like t- asking a kind of a long winded question about his his relationship with one of his wide receivers and the ink you know his route running you can tell that he's more confident and you guys are connecting and you know all this stuff and he just kind of he smiled and he giggled he was like it's so funny to hear a woman talk about routes yeah it's like what (laughs) um anyway he was on some podcast talk i don't even know what the original question was so yeah i guess you could Argue it was out of context. I'm gonna see. I'm, um, I'm, I think I found it here. Bad oh, bitches. Oh, uh, here we go. A person who's just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. You know, I'm doing mm-hmm. this. I'm doing that. I, 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 I looked apart, but I don't act apart. Okay. You know, and it's a lot of women who are bad bitches, and I say bitches in, in, in a way not to degrade in a women, respectful way, respectful but bitches. just to 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 go off the aesthetic of what they deem is a boss chick. Mm-hmm. Now, a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of, like, I'm a boss bitch, like, I'm a this, I'm a dad. No, baby, like, but you can't cook. Okay. You, mm-hmm. don't, know, you don't know when to be quiet. You mm-hmm. don't know how to allow a man to lead. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, man. Um, I don't. I'm trying to figure out what he said that wasn't right. You know. <laughs> this is the, well, it's funny it's because so you're, you're Neanderthal, man. It's so Neanderthal. a couple of a couple of things. Uh, so there, I did see the extenuation of that clip, okay. where he goes on to criticize certain types of men who he basically accuses as being 
you know, posers on social media, like you're pretending to be this, but you're actually that. Mm, um, that's and a some lot people of that are, going on. And some people are saying like, oh, well, oh, if you saw the whole clip, like, but here's the thing, like what he said about men and what he said about women, um, they're not the same. It's not like, oh, well, he criticized both sexes. No, bro. Like he. One is dripping with misogyny and could be perceived as hatred. And Mm -hmm. the other is just criticism. Well, also, it's just like insanely outdated. Like, you know, um, you know, this this he didn't say this specifically, but obviously he's you know, he's talking about, you know, he's sort of bragging about how he grew up in this three parent household. You know, the, this once upon a time when you were raised by your mother and your father and your grandmother, um, which was also coincidentally a time period where they didn't allow black people to play quarterback. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, yeah, we got, uh, we so got yeah, progress in one. So let's try to, like, you know, keep everything in perspective. You know what I mean? I, I love good people point. who like to talk about the good old days. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you want to have a conversation about the good old days? Well, let's let's get into it, bro, because, <laughs> you know, it, chances are if you're, you know, talking about the good old days, then, you know, there were certain things you were shielded from or didn't have to worry about. Um, but this is the kind of stuff that, you know, is just so fucking stupid. Like I, 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 the idea that somehow, you know, a woman is defined by how well she can cook or, you know, catering to a man's needs or, or letting a man lead, so to speak. It's like, you know, we just don't live in that, that era anymore. It's just not. And that's a good thing that we don't live in that era anymore. Yeah, it's fine. It's like, it's it's, it's more, it's look at it as weight off of us as well. Us, exactly. You know, us uh, straight men. It's a weight off mm-hmm. of us. We don't have to have the pressure of feeling like we have to lead. Like, I, it's my partner, man. We're working together and 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 making this household work. Yeah. Plus, finally, we get some, my wife. Finally, we get some help from these lazy women. I don't know why it <laughs> took so long. Exactly. Look at it like that, man. If you I mean, wanna, I feel uh, oppressed. Let my people go. <laughs> right. Yes. What do I gotta? What do I gotta do to get some help around here? Who do I have to fuck to get some help around here? God damn it! And it's like that. And and the the stranger thing is like mm. people who aren't in the position as of him, where he's mm. a multimillionaire, that uh, take this same attitude when they're at the club, <laughs> uh, mm. meet some woman, and feeling like, oh man, she's got a this this bad bitch needs to cook and clean as well in order to be my wife it's a very i have it's so outdated and totally. it's embarrassing i can't believe he said that and you can see the guy on the podcast like hmm hmm you know actually that's a good point i was gonna say that shout out to them for like i mean they i think they did a very good job of being in what is a very uncomfortable conversation without making themselves look bad mm-hmm. you know because he tries to drag them in you know to a certain degree by, by trying to sort of yeah. elicit yeah. Uh, some confirmation from them. He, when he's like describing his idea of a woman, he's like, right. Uh, mm. <laughs> or, or like, what do you mean? Or, you know, what's that? Okay. Say, say more. <laughs> yes. Go on, please. I mean, they obviously probably, they were smart enough to realize that they had him in the midst of, of an embarrassing comment for sure. And it was very smart of them 
to just step aside and clear a path and just let him be the only one. It's funny too, because like in the middle of the comment where he's like, where he's saying, you know, I'm not saying like bitches in a derogatory, you know, you could tell that he started to realize. Yeah. Like uh, do, you know, I think I wrote to you. I was like, it's almost like he was like, I'm one. I'm not actually sure if I've stuck my foot in my, you know what? Let me stick the other one in there and see. if. (laughs) I got to find, I got to find my first foot with my second foot. I can't find, I I lost my left foot. I think if I just jam my right one in my mouth, we'll see if I can get the left one out. Yeah. Yeah, Cause he stuck both of his motherfucking feet in his mouth. This guy. Anyway, Mm -hmm. all of it is all fucked up and people need to, it's it's so weird hearing people talk in such Neanderthal terms about love and relationships when, Mm. It's like it's not it's not that anymore. Hopefully, right. Well, uh, so shout back out to, to Cam Newton. That's <laughs> Cam Newton, and back to the uh, ongoing conspiracy <laughs> saga of Tom Brady uh, potentially joining the Miami Dolphins as a as a minority owner. So this story has started to get more legs and credibility. Uh, as time has gone on. So I don't know how much of this is actually confirmed. It it appears to be confirmed that going all the way back to the story of um, Stephen Ross trying to get Brian Flores to meet with a quarterback, this whole tampering story that popped up Mm -hmm. um, with, with a NFL quarterback. It appears to be confirmed that that NFL quarterback that they were trying to tamper with was Tom Brady. Mm. That is, some people are saying that's that's a true story. I, again, I'm not 100% sure if it is or not. But so <clears throat> now the latest story, which it has been sort of hovering out there for a couple of weeks now, um, but is starting to uh, kind of come a little more into focus. So Brady's retirement, which never made sense, right? right. Yeah. He, he clearly still had the ability to play at an elite level. Mm-hmm. He was literally a few plays away from going back to the Super Bowl. Um, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. He decides to retire, step away from the game. Uh, and 40 days later, he comes back. And now the story that's emerging uh, is starting to make these decisions a little more logical. Mm-hmm. Um So apparently the story is that Brady's plan was to retire from the Bucs and he was going to become a minority owner of the Miami Dolphins. At the same time, yeah, exactly. At the same time, Sean Payton announced his retirement. And the plan there from the Dolphins side was to lure him over to be the head coach of the Dolphins, at which point Brady would negotiate his own rights to become a player for the Dolphins. So he would be the first person in NFL history to be a player owner of an NFL team. And it would be Tom Brady under center, Sean Payton um, as the head coach. What the fuck they would do with Tua, I have no idea. So they were going to... So they were going to fire Flores then? Or was he already gone? Well, this was after Flores had already been fired. Okay. 
And the reason why that this plan got derailed was because the same day that Tom Brady retired was the day that Brian Flores announced his lawsuit against the NFL and the Miami Dolphins. And suddenly this plan of like bringing Brady and Sean Payton to the Dolphins just like went to a screeching halt. But why is that though? Why does the plan end because of the lawsuit? This scares Brady off or? I think in part it probably scares Brady Brady off, but it also kind of indicates that there may be more to the story. Like Brady may have more of a role to this Miami Dolphins story than we than we realize, other than just being the quarterback that um, was you know the subject of a tampering allegation. Mm. Um, and also, maybe he doesn't want to get dragged into this whole thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking you know what I mean? most more. And then Sean Payton, how come he doesn't? So he's just like, mm, fuck that. I, I'm not sure exactly how the Sean Payton thing factors into it because I think, um, you know, he 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 still had time left on his contract with the Saints. So right. in order for the Dolphins to acquire Sean Payton, um it would have cost them quite a bit of money. So the reason why Sean Payton didn't become the Dolphins head coach may be somewhat unrelated to the things that we're talking about now. But Brady was um, still on the contract with the Bucks. Yeah, but he would they also did not know at the time, you know, because you know, Bruce Arians at the combine, you know, these rumors started to swirl that Brady was going to play somewhere else next year. Um <clears throat> and these rumors now we know um existed because there were there were rumblings from people unconfirmed or or anonymous sources inside the Dolphins organization that were they were leaking this information to NFL reporters mm. but it wasn't they couldn't get like a lot of these NFL reporters who um who are actual journalists um unless you can get a secondary source to confirm that this information is true, you don't generally go forward with right. with this. But now that it's starting to kind of become more and more likely a true story, you're starting to hear some of these reporters say, the reason why these rumors existed is because we were getting this information for real, but we just weren't able to say, we can confirm that this is what's happening behind the scenes. Man. Crazy. I feel bad for Dolphins fans, man. They're just having a rough offseason. Mm-hmm. Everything but football to focus on. Exactly. Um, well, well, we're going to get more into that in a minute because I want to talk about Flores. But before we do, the the next story, you know, we talked about you and I potentially buying the Denver Broncos who are for sale. Um, <laughs> I think we need to put that idea to bed because it, it appears that um, – uh, Robert Walton, the heir to the Walmart fortune, mm. is expected to submit a $4 billion bid in order to purchase <sighs> the Denver Broncos outright, no minority owners. Um, the NFL has apparently been trying to, to coerce, uh, forget his name. There's some Magic Johnson. They were trying, no, it was somebody else. It was some other black guy. They, they were trying to get a black owner in the NFL. Um, Robert Johnson, maybe? The BET guy? He used to own the uh, Charlotte Hornets. 
No, it's a guy named Robert F. Smith, the CEO of Vista Quality Partners and the richest black man in America. Um, the NFL has been trying to get him to become the owner so that, you know, yeah, so that they Optics. can prove that they're not. Yeah, apparently <laughs> they realize that writing things about racism in the end zone and on the sidelines. It's not enough. Like, will the people ever... Apparently that didn't solve racism. (laughs) So they're trying to trick a black guy uh, into buying a football team. Um, He wasn't interested or what? Well, of course he's interested, but apparently the problem is is that this is a bidding process, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And, you know, as one of the richest dudes on the planet... This dude, Walton, is apparently worth nearly $70 billion mm. and would presumably be able to purchase the team outright and outbid any other person that might come and try to make a bid for the team. So, um, I mean, the owners still get to choose All right, you can who pick comes who you into the to. club so they can pick whoever they want. But in a room full of 31 uh, billionaire white dudes. 30. Do you really think they're? Yeah. Con. Do you really? Th- do you really think they're going to pick the black guy over the air? The the fucking Walmart guy. No, unfortunately Honestly, not. Yeah. I I don't. Yeah, I don't see that. The I NFL have that. to get really slick on that and like start airing dirty laundry, because they all got dirty mm-hmm. laundry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Start going after him, and he'll be like, "You know what? I don't want this smoke." <clears throat> oh well, well, well there went that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of dirty laundry, that's a great segue. Um, there was a report this week that the um, the NFL is being threatened with investigation over treatment of female employees. Mm. Um, attorney generals from six separate states sent a letter to the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, saying that they will launch a wide-scale investigation into the treatment of women in the league's workplaces uh, unless significant changes are enacted. Mm. Um, What are the six states? Where are they? I think Georgia was one of them, of course. One of the states is the state of embarrassment. Then you get the... Correct. uh, (laughs) Oh, no, here it is. It's not Georgia. state of delusion. It's Illinois. So Mm. we're talking Chicago Bears. Massachusetts, surprise, surprise, Patriots, Minnesota, so you got your Vikings, New York, take your pick, Jets, Giants, Bills, Um, Bills, true, Uh, Oregon, which kind of threw me for a loop, Um, Oregon and Washington, there is no NFL team in Oregon, but do the the Seattle Seahawks, do they have a facility in Oregon? I have no idea. You know, they sort of own the Pacific Northwest as far as the territory. But. It's got to be them if it's uh, is a, if it's up there. You would think so. Um, it's the closest. I mean, yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of specifics to this story, but it's it's basically you know, it's all piling up for the NFL. <laughs> um, which obviously brings us to the. Back to an update on the Washington Commanders. Commanders. Um, as we spoke about last week, there is a guy who, who a former employee of the Commanders, who came forward uh, and accused the Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Fuck that of- guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> keeping two sets of financial books. Oof. Um, there is an accusation that they were skimming off of the league fund that is meant to go to the, the away teams fund, which is intended to be equally distributed to the other teams. Oh. Uh, the commanders responded mm-hmm. to this accusation. They said, quote, there has been absolutely no withholding of ticket revenue at any time by the commanders. Those revenues are subject to independent audits by multiple parties. Anyone who offered testimony suggesting a withholding of revenue has committed perjury, plain and simple. (laughs) Damn, self-righteous. To which Jason Freeman's lawyer released a statement in response to this perjury accusation. Uh, Pretty interesting, actually. He said, the Washington commanders just released a statement to members of the media. They defamed my client, Jason Freeman who came forward at the request request of the Congressional Oversight Committee and testified truthfully with evidence. Mm. Unfortunately, Mr. Freeman is unable to defend himself publicly due to contractual constraints that prevent him from speaking freely. He would be happy to recount his testimony if Dan Snyder and the Washington commanders allowed him to do so. Oh, so he had to sign an NDA. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, all right, all right. Is it, if it's true, then the ball's in your court. <laughs> <laughs> nice play. Yes. Nice play. Yes. Uh, and then Hello? Uh, this. Yeah. You play to win the game. I like this lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then this morning, I got up and read that things have just gone from bad to worse. If you For can who? believe that. For the commanders. Okay. Congress has sent a letter to the FTC. This is the the Federal Trade Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, for those of you who don't know, are the U.S. federal regulatory agency in charge of looking into shady business business practices. Okay. okay? This letter, uh, as expected, accuses the commanders of questionable accounting practices and skimming off the top from the away team ticket sales thing. Uh, as I mentioned. However, the letter included a new accusation that we were not aware of. Okay. Dan Snyder and, you know, the executives of the Washington Commanders have apparently for decades been stealing not just from the other teams in the NFL, but also directly from the most important and loyal lifeblood of any team the fans. The season ticket holders. God. Not just fans, but season ticket holders? So here's here's the quote uh, from the letter. We are writing, This is the letter from Congress to the FTC. We are writing to share evidence of concerning business practices by the Washington commanders uncovered during the committee's ongoing investigation into workplace misconduct at the team. Evidence obtained by the committee including emails, documents, and statements from former employees indicate senior executives of the team, of the team's owner, Dan Snyder, may have engaged in troubling, long-running, and potential unlawful patterns of financial conduct that victimized thousands of team fans and the National Football League. Oh, shit, not good. Right, so... Most of the evidence, as I mentioned, is coming from this guy, Jason Freeman. He Mm -hmm. is the commander's former vice president of sales and customer service. 
He testified in front of this congressional committee uh, in March. Um, he worked for the commanders for 24 years. Uh, he's Damn. apparently turned over numerous spreadsheets and other documents related to the alleged unlawful financial activities. There's another quote here. It says, Mr. Freeman provided the committee with information and documents indicating that the commanders routinely withheld security deposits that should have been returned to the customers who had purchased multi-year season tickets for sp specific seats referred to as seat leases. Right? So mm -hmm. the security deposits were, were for these to seat hold leases, seat. Yeah. exactly to hold a specific seat were 25% of the full cost of the seats for one year. Okay? okay. Freeman told the committee that the security deposits were supposed to be refunded when the multi-year seat contract ended. But in 2012, and this is at the end of like a 15-year waiver period that capped how much teams could charge for this stuff, uh, they, the team executives allegedly directed employees to establish roadblocks to prevent customers from obtaining the security deposits that were due, effective, effectively allowing the team to keep all that money. It's not, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not even that much when you think about how much you make from like concessions. Exactly. Like you just, exactly. It's, it's such, like, so greedy and disgusting. There's a number to it, actually. Let's see. The revenue gained from the practice was allegedly referred to as juice. They called it juice. The commanders allegedly misclassified that juice intentionally so it would look like it came from non-NFL events held at FedEx Field, such as college football mm. games or concerts, right? Right. Uh, and could therefore be hidden from the NFL and not included in the NFL's pool of shared money. Um. Freeman said that the commanders were able to hide these activities by keeping two sets of books. In the letter, the committee said that after examining Freeman's testimony and the documents he submitted, it believes the commanders improperly withheld re refunds from around 2,000 season ticket accounts, allegedly allowing the team to pocket somewhere in the neighborhood of $5 million that should have gone into the NFL's revenue sharing pool. It's like $5 million, man. It's like petty cash to these guys. Yeah, and to the team as a whole. It's like, come but five, on, man. You got to remember, $5 million, that's half of what the NFL fined Dan Snyder for the original investigation mm. to toxic workplace environment. They fined him $10 million bucks. Remember? So, yeah, they're paying off the fine with the... It was like pocket change. Yeah. I... There's only one I, – I, I'm starting to get to the point where I don't see how Dan Snyder survives this of course. Uh, and, and stays an NFL owner. The only, the only thing that I can think of, if Dan Snyder manages to maintain ownership of the Washington Commanders, at that point I will be convinced that he's not the only owner that's doing this. Oh, yeah. And he must know, he might have proof that other owners are doing We've it. We've talked about this many times before. I have been convinced for a long time that this guy has to know something that the league does not want the rest of the world to know. Yeah. And to me, this is the most, if he does not wind up on his ass, 
I, I, I can't imagine what else could be like, because are, are we true? Are we going to be one of the, of the 32 owners in the NFL is being accused of financial improprieties. Are we going to be all that surprised if we find out that there's even like 15 of 32, <laughs> one more, yeah. like, of course, yeah. of course it's possible. Right. You know, fans who read this will be like, "Wait a minute! I didn't get my deposit back either." That's the story I'm lo- I'm waiting for because you know that's coming. class action. You know that's coming. There's going to be a class action gonna... suit, man. Yeah. Hmm. Damn <clears throat> the greed, man! For five million dollars. Hmm. Hmm. That's why they. This is why they're billionaires, man. Because mm-hmm. every fucking penny counts. Absolutely. Let's move um, on from this uh, from this trash. You are trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, shifting over to the other big scandal in the league, the Brian Flores racial racial discrimination lawsuit against the NFL has now added former Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. and uh, Ray Horton, mm-hmm. a longtime defensive coordinator, to multiple teams over the years. Um, it, it, they have now joined the class as, a, action lawsuit with Brian Flores. Um, and they are also calling out the Titans have now been thrown into the mix as, as one of the teams being accused uh, of having a sham Rooney rule uh, interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flores reveals that he he's documented his Stephen Ross tanking concerns in a December 2019 memo. Um, people in the Dolphins organization have acknowledged that the memo exists and they have sent it to the NFL. I, To my knowledge, it doesn't say specifically. The money thing. I, I think it. From what I'm, from what I've read, it, it, it's a little light on the specifics as far as like it doesn't, it doesn't say like he offered me ten thousand for every hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, sorry for every loss, um, but whatever. Um, you know the thing with Steve Wilkes is kind of interesting because he's he's one of those kind of coaches. You talk about this a lot, um, where he he took over after Bruce Arians. Um, after Arians, oh yeah, yeah, was yeah. for the Cardinals was not really given. He was Shit. one and done. Yeah. He wasn't given a chance. The GM at the time had been suspended mm-hmm. for drunk driving DUI. charges. Yeah, so he didn't have a GM. The GM was supposed to be. He was suspended from 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 his job, but apparently he was still doing his job behind the scenes. Um, while at the same time not really offering Steve Wilkes the opportunity to be a successful head coach. And, you know, at the end of that that year is when they fired Wilkes and hired Cliff Kingsbury. And opened the checkbook. <laughs> it's the exactly. lame duck thing, man. The black coaches, the lame duck come in and mm-hmm. and then once the once they start they, they find their, their guy, the face of the coaching a new regime. Mm-hmm. It's insane, man. Yeah, and in the case of Ray Horton, um, you know, he's claiming that he went to a sham interview with the Titans, um, which initially it was like, okay, well, 
That's going to be difficult to prove. And then yeah. up pops <laughs> a story out of nowhere. Steelers podcast, right? It was a Steelers podcast. 2022 interview with former Titans head coach Mike Malarkey. Mm-hmm. Calling out his former employee for skirting around the Rooney rule. Uh, the, the interview went largely unnoticed because it was a just a, a small Steelers fan podcast. Um, but obviously it has now been brought into the light. Um, the, here, here it goes. The, the hosts of this podcast, this is the question he asked. He said, would there be anything during your coaching career that you might have done differently or changed? Right? Just a very general question. Yeah. Not fishing for anything. Uh, <clears throat> and shout out to fucking malarkey because yeah. he comes on and says, you know what? That's a good question. He says, quote, I'll tell you guys this. I've always prided myself on doing the right thing in this business. And I can't say that's true about everybody in this business. It's a very cutthroat business. And a lot of guys will tell you that, but I allowed myself at one point when I was in Tennessee to get caught up in something I regret. I still regret it. But the ownership there Amy Adams Strunk and her family came in and told me I was going to be the head coach in 2016 before they went through the Rooney rule. (laughs) And so I sat there knowing I was the head coach in 16 as they went through this fake hiring process, knowing a lot of the coaches that were interviewing, knowing how much they prepared to go through those interviews, knowing that everything they could do, um, and and they had no chance of getting that job. Actually, the GM, John Robinson, he was in on the interview with me. He had no idea why he was interviewing me, that I had the job already. He goes on to say, I regret it because I pride myself in my kids first to do the right thing. I always said that to the players. And here I am, the head guy, not doing it. I've regretted that since then. It was the wrong thing to do. I'm sorry I did that, but it was not the way to go about it. I should have interviewed like everybody else and got hired because of the interview, not early on. That's probably my biggest regret. Now, the obvious significance of this comment is that up until now, all of the accusations about the Rooney Rule being a sham are coming from the alleged victims yeah. yep. of, of this process. And now for the first time ever, we have the beneficiary of, of the, you know, sham nature of the Rooney rule coming out and saying, I, I don't feel good about this. This was wrong. And that's, that's a big thing, man. For that's this a huge thing. That. Especially, something his biggest regret to. And it's also one of those things that kind of makes me think back to, you know, when Flores first announced this lawsuit, the NFL responded very quickly by saying that these, (laughs) that these accusations were without merit, which kind of made me sort of wonder like, Hey, NFL, are are they still without merit? (laughs) Do you still feel that way? Um, Obviously, they don't want to answer that question. Um, there are a lot of scandals piling up in the NFL in this offseason. I mean. More than normal, too. More than normal. 
way more than normal. I'm trying to find this tweet that um, the one I sent you about um, how there's been 20 black coaches in the history of the NFL mm. and how the problem is more than just the owners. It goes deeper mm-hmm. than that. Uh, yep. And I thought it was a really – I hadn't even thought of that angle. But, um, like, when when a coach gets hired, they hire their staff, mm. which was considered, like, a weakness when it comes to, like, Brian Flores. People were saying he his, his staff was so weak or whatever. Uh, but Tony Dungy, most I'd say the most successful black coach in the history of the NFL, of mm-hmm. those 20 coaches, black coaches – of those 21, I believe it was, 10 of them <laughs> worked for Tony Dungy at some point, like are part mm-hmm. of his staffs in the past. Mm-hmm. And when you hire, like normally coaches get hired and they grab people f- that they know through the NFL, through through their uh, through their experience. You know what I mean? You get the mm-hmm. guy who was a really good linebacker coach. Maybe he can be my uh, defense coordinator. Maybe he, you know what I mean? And then you you nurture that guy and build him up. And then like Mike Tomlin, he was part of Tony Dungy's tree. And uh, um, well, there's a lot too. There's a uh, who else? Uh, uh, Leslie Frazier was a part of that. Mm-hmm. And there's a few yeah. other coaches too. But it was yeah. just like when you hire that uh, Sean McVay. Then and then he fills his staff with his homies with his uh, Shanahan's and uh, right. uh, whatever the guy's name is that's in uh, McDaniel McDaniel and you know the guy in oh, all of Wait, these guys. No, he went it's with just, Shanahan. No, it was the uh, the other guy the the guy who's at the Chargers, their coach. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when you oh yeah, Brandon when, Saley. When they hire this white guy, then the white guy hires a bunch of white guys, and then. It creates like a little. It creates a hmm. bottleneck and mm-hmm. of people that all look the same. Yeah, you create a bubble. Yeah, and this guy was like bringing that up, like that it's more than just. You can't just put it all on the owners. You could put it on these coaches that are hiring us. It's not like the owner is going out picking your offensive coordinator. The coach no. picks who they want as a coordinator. So. You can put it on the mm. coach, like diversify your staff, man. Do some Bruce Arians stuff too. Yeah, that's a great point, and and that's why you know obviously a guy like Bruce Arians deserves a lot of respect for for building his staff the way he did. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, um, it's a it's like a, it's such a a problem in the NFL that the representation isn't there when the representation. I mean, is it goes all the way the up field. to the owner part. It goes up to the owner part too. One of the things that I forgot to mention about this this Walton guy who's who's going to make a bid to buy the Broncos. Um, one of the little facts in this story at the end uh, is that his cousin, uh, whose name is Anne, she's married to the owner of the Los Angeles Rams, Stan Kroenke. So, mm. of course, this asshole is going to be the next owner of the Broncos. Wow. Yeah, he's man. already in the club. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you know what insane, I mean? man. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> we'll just keep watching. <laughs> exactly. Keep watching and hoping that what the people are just like come around and are kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where everything is falling into place for them anyway. They can do almost whatever the fuck they want. And then we'll see what happens with Dan Snyder. But it's like. 
these people are untouchable sometimes. Dan Snyder's got to go for sure. Um, yeah, trying to pimp out your cheerleaders. It's like, come on. Yeah, like that doesn't get you fired. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, the the that's sort of the end of the news for me. The only thing I wanted to do was sort of remind people that the um, the USFL starts this weekend. Yeah. Um, they were in the news again this week. Out here innovating, they are putting a chip in the ball. What to measure to measure first downs digitally? No more chains, y'all. The chains are gone. <laughs> I'm really glad about that, man. I'm really glad about that. It, it's going to be the same technology, you know, that we saw from. You know, you, I think you see it if you watch tennis. I, guess I was going to say, it in t- of course, I watch tennis. Um, it's the same technology that they started to use in uh, European football to see if they cross the goal line. So yeah, they're gonna they put a chip in the ball. Um, the other thing related to that chip in the ball, you know, Fox is the the network that's covering the USFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have appeared to learn nothing from the 1990s glowing puck debacle in hockey, <laughs> I right? remember that, yeah. Apparently, they are planning to introduce a glowing football for its USFL podcast, oh, no. uh, broadcast. No. Um, I personally did not really like the glowing puck thing, right? I'm, I like hockey. I don't have a problem following the puck. I understand why they did it, and I understand that there were people who liked it and benefited from it and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm not like a, a dick about it. I just didn't like it. Um, the hockey puck is small. Yeah. You know what I mean? The football it, is it, not. It's a small thing. But a football is not small. Okay? Who I came up here. with it? Was it like Nickelodeon's idea? <laughs> I don't know. This is a hockey puck. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. This <laughs> is a football, all right? I don't, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in a football game. You know, as long as the cameraman can keep up with the play, the ball is not something I generally lose track of, right? Yeah. Unless it's like a, a fumble and a like a bunch of people are falling on top of it. But even if that's the case, like – even if I wonder if it's still going to work, you know what I mean? It was like a 10 man pile up and the ball is in there somewhere. And the ball is like somehow glowing on the screen. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? it's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like it's a, it's a dumb idea. It won't last more than a game, but they're going to do that thing. Cause you remember the, the, the glowing hockey puck. I think it, I think it was blue. No, it was a red light. Until- no, no, no. It was blue until they shot it. If the puck went over a certain speed, it would produce a red streak. Oh. So it normally happened like when a player took a shot, yeah. like a slap shot, you could see it. So I'm I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing. Like the ball is just going to glow some kind of weird color until the quarterback throws it. And then you're going to see this like Oh, no. Streak. Please don't. Please don't. That's, that's some dumbass shit. They have made so many good decisions. Well, the USFL did. They didn't say to make the glow. Fox did. As if people, as if I've ever heard anybody complain that they can't see the ball when it's thrown. 
Not being able to I follow think, the game is different than not being able to follow the ball. I just think it's kind of funny because it's like it, it's like they basically said, you know, oh, you remember that idea that we had back in the '90s that everybody hated? Let's try that again. <laughs> yes, I actually, I mean, I start the remember the Panthers became a team in '95, I believe it was. And yes. So yeah. when I turned it, like they were showing it a lot. They talked it up a lot. So then I put it on. And I was like, oh man, this is cool with the uh with the seeing the puck move around, but I didn't even know that uh, I, I didn't know they didn't do it before. You know what I mean? I didn't even think about it. I hadn't watched hockey before. So I was just like, oh, that's pretty it, cool. The hockey purists were outraged by the glowing puck. They hated it. I had to be like 12 years old, 13 years old, so I'm just like, oh. Huh. They hated it <laughs> so much, the hockey purists. Mm. Um but right. I mean, yeah, clearly a, a hockey puck is what? One tenth. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you think of it in volume as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's a pretty, I mean, if you want, I don't know. You could change the color of the ball, maybe. Right? Change the color of the ball? No, man. You can make it like the what was it the basketball league the ABA they had the yeah red, white, the white and blue, and blue red white and blue yeah fuck that that ball was dope I don't even like watching FIBA games with that white and brown ball I saw the USFL ball instead of stripes like they have in college I mm-hmm. think they have a row of stars at the top here oh which is kind of dope that I sort of like I don't know if that's the ball they're gonna play with but um it looks pretty cool. USFL. Yeah, it got the stars on it. And it says USFL. Uh-huh. I wonder if it's made by Wilson. Hmm. Maybe that cool, maybe right? that'll be better to help us see the ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. What the hell, man? All right. Uh you got any team to pitch for me? Or are we getting out of here? Oh, I do have a team to pitch for you. This is an easy pitch. The team is this one's sort of like uh, you know how they say drugs sell themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This team partially because I I I know that you already like them. Mm-hmm. Um and there's so many reasons to like them. Okay. Um the team I'm going to pitch to you today is um a very old team. Mhm. They've been around since 1933. Oh. Okay. Okay. 1933 was the first season. They've been around for over 80 Something years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team is called the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, they have a history of success. The team is tied with the New England Patriots for the most Super Bowl titles. Mm-hmm. With six. Um, I think now would be a good time to jump on the Steelers bandwagon because they're not, they're not at the bottom. Right. Right. They're still good, but they're, you know, they've been struggling a little bit. They've had a an aging rapist as their quarterback, who <laughs> who uh, who is now no longer there, which is also yeah. another reason to jump on the to jump in there, right? Okay. Um, they originally joined the NFL uh, in the 1920s as the Pittsburgh Pirates. They were one of those teams that did that dumb mm-hmm. thing where they where Name they both um, teams, yeah, where they named it after the baseball team. Yeah. Um, but they immediately got a, got the nickname based on their their owner, um, Art Rooney. Stealing they money. They started call. Oh, they sorry. call it. They started calling him <laughs> the Rooney Man. 
Oh, that was their that was their unofficial nickname. The, oh, that's cool, Rooney Man. Yeah, um, they have unlike a lot of other teams, they have um, like a really impressive run of coaches, right? Yes, they've had these these three coaches: the Chuck Knoll era, the Bill Cower era, the Mike Tomlin era. Right. Um, they're a model of stability as a football team, mm-hmm. which I would say is a big problem um, for a lot of football teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they let's see, yeah. Oh, they have a very funny little moment in the during the World War II days where they had a player shortage and they joined forces with the Philadelphia Eagles to become the Steagles. <laughs> I like that little tidbit right there. <laughs> that shit is funny. Yes. Can you imagine? Yeah. Why couldn't they just I call mean, them the Eaglers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's some funny shit. It kind of makes you w- want to go around and, and see if you can combine some other teams just for yeah, fun. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah. The Sea Falcons, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the Giant Jets. We can't afford to have two teams in New York anymore. Let's just call them the Giant, the New York Giant Jets. The Tex Boys. <laughs> yes. The The... Dallas or the Texas Tex boys. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas Tex boys. Uh, they have some of my favorite players in NFL history. Mean Joe Green. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. love Mean Joe Green. Um, Lynn Swan. Yeah. Was like a fucking ballerina, yeah. for Christ's sakes. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, not one of my favorites. John <laughs> Stallworth was the other receiver. Him and... Uh, Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. Jeez, these fucking guys. Can you imagine? Um, Kevin Green, too, right? Wasn't he over there? Yep, I think so. Um, I liked him as a kid. Yeah. Um, Also, for me, I I know that you love this guy, Mike Tomlin, and I know that he doesn't (laughs) care, but I think he would care. I think he would care if you decided to join this team as being like, I'm going to be a fan of this team. I don't think Mike Tomlin we would do look not at care. you. <laughs> I don't think he would look at you, Jonathan and say, Oh, you're a Steelers fan now. I, we don't care. He, that's not his take on that. He would welcome never you. say never, but never. <laughs> exactly. Open arms. Um, he's one of the few African-American coaches in, in the league. Mm. Never had a losing season. Um, always straight talker. Yeah. Always says what's on his mind. Um, I, I kind of think that this would be a good fit for you. Um, I do not think that if you join this team, trust me, I know that they just lost Dwayne Haskins, and I, I decided to pitch you this team before that happened. Um, I And I do not think that you would have to suffer the Mitch Trubisky era for very long. Right. Of course not. Right. Because everyone thinks that he's probably going to be the starter. I... S- I'm kind of thinking they're going to draft a quarterback. Okay. I, I think they're going to go after a quarterback in the first round of the draft. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the Mitch Trubisky era. I think they have a lot of good pieces. They got Najee Harris. Um, they need to build up that receiving core a little bit, but they got some good guys. Uh, Chase okay. Claypool. He's well, it's good. It's not so much about the current like roster. 
That's one mm-hmm. of the lowest things on my list. The roster. I know. But also they have, I mean, talk about a team that has like a legacy, mm-hmm. right? A team that you can be proud of their history, so yeah. to speak. You left two points out. Okay. Oh, hold on a second. One of your fa- they do not have cheerleaders. Exactly. That's one big strong plus for them. They do not have cheerleaders. Um and, and you, you did point, mention Rooney, but the fact that Right. He, he, they are responsible for the Rooney rule. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty cool and that that goes back pretty far, actually, the Rooney rule. It goes back further than a lot of people realize. Yeah. Um, which means that they were kind of at the forefront of this thing at a time when it wasn't popular to to be that yeah um so that deserves an enormous amount of respect yeah um strong strong arguments man and i will mm-hmm. definitely take them into consideration uh, and they have a very intense and loyal fan base yeah man even though i do not tend to root for any kind of team from the <laughs> pennsylvania region uh yeah. i do have a lot of respect for the pittsburgh Steelers. And apparently somehow they've figured this out, but that they have the best lady fan base in the NFL. That's true. I I read about that. That they're like the women. I think they hired someone. They hired some woman to start or like she had already kind of started her own sort of female fan club for the Steelers. Mm -hmm. And then I think the Steelers hired her to sort of grow that. Oh wow. that organization, I think, I'm man, pretty what? sure that's Yo, the story. That might be my team, man. Hmm? Might be yeah. my team, man. I like that the legacy strong. The uh, the they, the 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 different coach, like keeping the stability with the coaching, hiring young coaches and keeping them for a while is their thing. So, hmm. yeah, and they play in a great division too, a fun one to watch. So. But yeah, that's it. That's my pitch. All right, uh, I'll I'll take it into consideration. Thank you so much, man, and mm-hmm. thank you, listeners, for checking out this long off season episode of Spinfell. We had a lot on our chest, even though uh, not that much happened as far as transactions and whatnot, or there's no mm-hmm. game or anything. But hey, man, the off season is always full of stuff, man. So thank y'all for checking out this episode of Spinfell. It's been Jonathan Rollins. Skip me, Sarah. And we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Later, y'all. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started